everybody. This is Deandra, the new girl from Overland Park, originally from Atchison. Just so you know, you're listening to PF Tape Recorder, bitches. Hello there, I'm BF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's a special Easter treat for you folks. Yes, there's no dumb bits, there's no fake news, it's just Jimmy Pardo for the whole half hour. So, without further ado, here's our interview with Jimmy Pardo. Okay, well, geez, uh, this is going to be a big uh, Easter treat for everybody uh, listening to, the, to our podcast because um, it's going to be the the whole uh, half hour with Jimmy Pardo. Oh, goodness. Okay, yeah. It's a half hour long. I didn't uh, – I, okay, let's go. No no fake news, no dumb bits because um, we're, going, we're going to your hometown actually uh, for Easter weekend, and uh, I have no time for such foolishness as fake news and trying to come up with a dumb bit. So. This oh, week. great. Yeah. Um, and you, wait, you're coming. You're coming here? No, not to Los Angeles. Your hometown, Chicago. Oh, you're in Chicago, right? My hometown. I apologize, I misunderstood. Yes. We we do want to come out to Los Angeles. We were going to do that later this year. Uh, take the girls to Disneyland because they've never been. They've only been to Disney World, and uh, but the the budget may not allow that unless I can get another four thousand listeners, and then we maybe we can swing that. <laughs> Is that uh, wait, so uh, you're gonna, you expect the uh, listeners to fund the trip? No, but the, I guess the magic number for uh, getting uh, advertising is 5,000, I was told by some people at a conference in Las Vegas back in January. So. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's what that's what the uh, the Libsyn guys say. So. Oh, well, I guess they know better than anybody. I mean, that's uh, that's their game. I would think so, yeah. 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 So um, uh, John Roy wrote a, a very flattering blog post about you, which um, – uh, I think I can take partial credit for only in that I interviewed him for City Pages uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, and our conversation devolved into a, uh, sports and music, and I said, oh, this sounds like a conversation I would have with Jimmy Pardo. And he told me those three anecdotes that he had in the blog post, and they turned up a couple of days later. So I'm thinking, was he already working on that, and he told me, or did did that just naturally come of our conversation? If I'm you, I take 100% credit. Excellent. Um and uh, and yeah, that that blog post was very very nice. Yes, and very accurate. I, and uh, we will link to it. Um, if folks are listening any other way besides Podbean, just Google John Roy Tumblr comedy, and it should come up because it's a pain in the ass otherwise to find anything on Tumblr. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand Tumblr or Twitter or how anybody gets any of that nonsense. So <laughs> I, uh, I I'll take your word for that as well. I've already read it, so luckily I don't have to do any of that uh, ridiculousness. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Tumblr I think is more for the young people. Is it all for the young people? Um, well, sort uh, of. I don't know. A lot of old people until on Facebook. Until our generation took over Facebook from them? Exactly. Yeah, and started posting all their uh, nonsense, although which I'm completely guilty of. So. Uh, you and I both. Yeah. Um, uh, another uh, guest I'd like to recommend for uh, Never Not Funny because they were on last week, and they were so nice to us. I don't know if you ever heard of a thing called uh, The Most Popular Girls in School. No. It's a YouTube show, very Adult Swim-esque. I predict this thing turning up on there eventually. And uh, one of the guys behind it, Carlo Moss, uh, works at the um, UBC, um, or UCB, UCB, Upright UCB, yeah. Theater. Yeah, and I asked if he knew you, and he said he ran into you several times. But uh, I would urge you to check it out. It's, it's, it's pretty funny stuff. It's basically Barbie dolls, like in high school, swearing a lot. But trust me, it's hilarious. 
Well, I'll take your word for that because on paper it sounds like something I'd avoid like uh, exactly crazy. Exactly. And my daughter uh, had us watch it, and she was laughing like hell one night. And we're like, "Well, what are you watching?" So she came in and showed it to us, fully expecting us to say, "You're not watching that anymore." And it was it's hilarious. It's called the most popular girls in the world. Most popular girls in school. In school, I yeah. guess in the world, uh, it would be extreme. They, uh, yeah. I don't know why I assumed they were overachieving. Well, maybe that'll be the movie title. You know, they always try to like go one better with the movie title. Right, you got to jump up. You gotta exactly. Got to juice. Yeah. <laughs> gotta ramp it up. <laughs> yeah, sure. But, yeah, but uh, they were very nice, and I, I think they, uh, they would, it would fit in your real house. I was like you. I was skeptical. I was like, there's no way this is funny, and sure enough. Well, I, you know, uh, you know, the rule of never not funny is I, uh, you know, unless they're extremely famous, like a Ty Burrell, I need to know them in advance. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I need to run into these guys a couple of times. I sure. need to enjoy their company in person. Yep. Otherwise, they don't make the cut. PF, and I uh, resent yeah. you even implying that they should be on my show. <laughs> um, well, I think that is part of the chemistry of never not funny is that you have a, a, a pre-existing relationship with your guests. So, I yeah, think, I think you know, I think so too. I think that's what makes my show a little different than you know than than the others. And then it's also, you know, the, uh, I mentioned Ty Burrell. The weird part, and maybe you and I have spoken about it in the past. The, the weird part about him is he sat down and it, you would have thought I knew the guy for twenty years. It was oh, so yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, you know probably a lot of similar experiences, and you know, all of us being of the same age probably. Uh, yeah, you know what? Well. And then and uh, you know, yeah, bouncing around, auditioning, and everything through your twenties and thirties, and getting bit rolls here and there, and then finally, I mean, for him, finally, you know, landing the one that, you know, basically changed his life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like, uh, I know it's described as a as a party conversation, and I guess accurately so, because that's, you know, really what it's like. It's like, you, you know, you run to these folks at a party, and you're chatting them up, and... and well, and... Yeah, listen, I appreciate your positive spit on that. We, we, I think we just put that on, on I always said eBay. Yeah, we're going to sell it. Um, <laughs> We, we, you know, because we, we didn't know what to say. It's like, how do you describe this stupid thing that we do? So I think uh, I appreciate you saying it in a positive that that is what it is. So yeah, I think that it, it, it ends up being an accurate description. Um, yeah. Now, who in the Never Not Funny crew is it? Dan Katz. It looks like one of the guys off of Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Uh, no, that is uh, that, uh, that is Elliot. Elliot, that's right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I know that is your. Uh, that is your favorite band of all time. Yes, yes, them and the Beach Boys, who you can't stand. But oh man, it's like you, uh, I, I, you know, you, you turned me out of that uh, OMD's like reunion album, which I thought was yeah. terrific. Yeah. And uh, so whenever that during that whole episode of when we were uh, making fun of Elliot's hair, uh, and he looked like the guy. And, and by the way, Todd Levin had the funniest lines. And one of the funniest lines in the history of uh, they were not funny on that show. Uh, when we kept looking for pictures of this guy. And, and in the meantime, making fun of Elliot's hair, then Todd Levin goes, so we just spent a half hour to go, see that guy? That's <laughs> you. <laughs> and it was the time he was so perfect. And, uh, but he did. He had a haircut from 1986. It was crazy. Now, was it, was it Andy, the dark-haired guy, or Paul, the blonde-haired guy that he, Elliot looks like? You know, uh, it, it was like, the, it was like a, a very tight perm on top and then slipped Andy. back on the sides. Andy, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. All right, nerd. You don't have to prove which and, one guy you know. <laughs> I'm just, I was just curious who he looked like. Ironically, I know, the way you jumped in, you go, oh, that's Andy, definitely Andy. <laughs> well, ironically, uh, how's this? Uh, part two of our interview with Andy is on next week. Wait, now you spoke with the guys from OMD. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure in the past I've done my go-to joke when when we worked at the uh, record store. And uh, people would come in and say, do you have the new OMD? And we yeah. would take them to the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Yes, which Gary Lucy borrowed on Rock Solid, by the way, when, when they did the Rock Rock Cyclopedia O. Oh, 
Trojan. He borrowed that joke. They, they did play both. He goes, I'm going to play OMD for you now. And, and I think Pat Francis said, Ozark Mountain Daredevils? And I think you were credited, though, with your with your joke, I think. It better be credited yeah. because, I've, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a classic from the <laughs> 1984 JR's record shop. I got a trademark on that. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, the, their new album, not Ozark Mountain Daredevils, but um, uh, Orchestral Maneuvers, new album out uh, April 9th. And uh, I assume you've heard it in advance. I have not stopped listening to it. You love it You love it more than the last one. Yeah, I think I do, actually, yeah. And um, the weird thing is, is uh, Depeche Mode brought an album out yesterday, and that was one of my other favorite groups from the 80s. And it used to be a case of whoever I listened to last was my favorite, but then OMD slowly took over because they've just made better records over the years, so... Um, I, mi- I was going to do an episode OMD versus Depeche Mode, which I guarantee nobody would listen to, and I would lose the thousand listeners I have. And so maybe I'll do it as a SoundCloud only. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that uh, OMD wins that. I think I could listen. And, and I think I don't so. just like Depeche Mode, but no. I can, about four songs in, uh, I get it. Yeah, I don't even think I take that much. I, th- I just don't think that uh, the experiences the Depeche Mode boys are having are providing enough good material for songs, and they miss Alan Wilder, who was the member that used to really concentrate on that, the actual sounds and how they fit into everything. Uh, I mm-hmm. think they're missing that as well. So, oh, All right. I, I will tell you, you know, you know far more about the, these uh, these vocals, uh, outfits than I do. Uh, I did think of you the other day, believe it or not. Uh, uh, the guy that was the guitarist in my band in high school, uh, and that sounds way too important, <laughs> uh, he posted a link to a video on... Uh, on Facebook, he posted a link to a video on YouTube of China Crisis. Yes. Do you remember China Crisis? Also from Liverpool. Uh, we're on Paul Humphrey's label, uh, Telegraph Records, back in the 90s. Wow, Jesus, yeah. I know, yeah. In fact, I was just on a big China Crisis kick. Because, oh, Matt Fugit, um, and who's the, the guy in... Uh, Mike Brody, the guy that thinks I made him look like an idiot in City Pages, uh, was posted, posted a thing about Steely Dan, and uh, uh, Walter Becker produced a couple of China Crisis records. And I said, you know, I have no time for Steely Dan, but I like China Crisis, even the stuff that sounds exactly like Walter Becker. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's hysterical. For, for, who's Mike Brody? I don't know who Mike Brody is. He's a, a, a comedian up in Minneapolis, and uh, he, he, I was supposed to interview him uh, a second time, and I said, oh, well, uh, we were having trouble getting it arranged, and I said, hey, well, I, can, I have a long transcript from our last interview. I'll just use that and just email me, email me what's new. And he goes, no, no, don't, do, don't use that. You made me look like an idiot last time. So I emailed him back and go, would you rather somebody else did this then? And he goes, well, could we do that? So I'm like, so I posted it on Facebook and said, did I make this guy look like an idiot? And uh, unanimously everyone was like, no. But Wow, that's uh, – yeah. So he don't like me. I, I, considering <laughs> the fact that I don't even know who this guy is, I think he should get any press he can. <laughs> he uh, hosts, co-hosts some ghost hunting show on one of the cable channels. Oh, he does? Yeah, yeah. I forget which one it is. Oh, yeah. So nice. he's not a comedian. Is he a he's comedian? a comedian, yeah, yeah. And he hosts this on the show. A nice enough guy when I interviewed him, but apparently, in retrospect, uh, I made him look the fool. You made him look fool. You made him look like a clown of some sort. <laughs> well, I feel bad for him and the ghost that he has to encounter. Some sort of buffoon, yes. But uh, anyway, I jumped in on his conversation about Steely Dan. I wasn't shy about that. Ah, well, good for you. You know what? And hopefully you dressed him down about his knowledge of that band as well. Let's, yep. let's make this guy look the fool every chance you get. Well, the, the thing I posted was uh, my wife and I were driving around years ago in town here in Cincinnati, and we saw a, uh, a, a Steely Dan 2 license plate. My wife is like, oh, my God, Steely Dan 2? I mean, there's a, Steely, yeah. there's a Steely Dan 1? I go, oh, no, no, there's also a Steely Dan because the guy had to get that 1 because Steely Dan was already taken. Yeah, that means three people. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw Steely Dan 1 just last week. 
And I frantically oh, phoned my wife. Yeah, yeah, I said, I found Steely Dan 1. <laughs> what are the odds of that? That's insane. I know, three people in Cincinnati have the license plate. Oh, no, two people well, at least. I, yeah. I find it even more insane that you saw two of them already. I know. Well, it was across a 10-year period, so. Oh, all right, very good. I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah. I thought it was uh, within weeks of each other. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I misspoke. Um... Well, speaking of music, what are you listening to these days? Because you're the one that got me into scouting for girls, uh, the great Scottish band, and I now, believe. Let me ask you a question. I uh, and this is my own laziness. Have they had a second album come out yet? Uh, yeah, they had an, a record out in 2010. In fact, that sampler I made you last time you were in town, I think, had their uh, one song that everyone wants to be a star. Oh, did it really? I think so. It should have. If not, I'll correct that error when you're in town next week. But um, then I'm, yeah. I'm a failure then in not remembering that. All right, yeah. I got to read. And I think they might even have a third album out now. They might, you know what? You're probably right. I I got I, I, they fell into into some sort of musical crevasse. Yes. <laughs> and um, but I love that first one so much. In fact, whenever uh, one of their songs pops up on my iPod when I'm running, it's like, well, you know what? I got to see if they have a new album out. And by the time I'm home uh, and winded and huh. dehydrated, uh, yeah. I forget to look that up. Yeah. Oddly, my Scottish friend has never heard of them. Well, that's weird, right? And he's really into music like us. He's our age, but uh, and likes all kind of the same bands, but from from back in the day, particularly. But he did not heard of Scouting for Girls, which uh, yeah. Boy, that's uh, very confusing. All right, you know, here's what I'm listening to these days. It's right. uh, uh, music-wise, I'm really uh, I'm still listening to the uh, the Les Mis soundtrack. Okay, yeah, you're big uh, on your you're big on your show tunes. Uh, say it again? You're big on your show tunes. I like show. Yeah, the ones I like, I like. You know, yeah, the yeah. ones I don't, I don't. Uh, but yeah, the late Miz. Do, but the the thing with the music lately has been, uh, you know, it's fantasy baseball season. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I've been listening to nonstop, uh, you know, Sirius XM fantasy baseball, uh, channel 87. Uh-huh. Uh, so I haven't really been listening to any music over the last, let's say, 45 days, unless I'm... Uh, uh, you know, running, and that's just a you know that's just a hodgepodge of of old classics. There you go. So I got nothing. I got no. I got no recommendations. I got nothing uh, new and exciting to talk about musically. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a failure today. I let you down. No, that's fine. That's fine. Do you ever uh, sit in with the Rock Solid Boys over on? Oh, you did it once on their show once, and uh, and the folks seem to dig that. I wasn't yet. Wasn't I on a second? I think I filled in for Gary once. I was on with them. I think I've done the show a total of two or three times. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think I filled in for two. Uh, two when Gary couldn't, uh, Gary had something going on. I filled in for him twice. I forget what those topics even were. And uh, yeah, I like you know what those guys do. I like what those guys do. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not uh, a bigger deal than it already is, though. They got some nice ink there in USA Today, and uh, I'm just wondering if I'm just I've just fit really well into the demographic that I you know. I think you fit into the demographic, and, and I will tell you this: I, I cannot give anything away, but they have a. Uh, they have a guest, uh, I believe it's on next week's show, that uh, hopefully will get them the recognition they deserve. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. They had, uh, yeah. They've had some fun guests so far. They had uh, your, your Marshall Crenshaw, um, mm-hmm. and uh, who's the fellow from San Francisco? Greg Kinn. They, the, Greg Kinn, who I thought was terrific. Oh, awesome. Uh, although I, uh, I question his story about the Thompson Twins. Why is that? Because uh, he said they went out and got, uh, got heroin uh, while doing Saturday Night Live, and I believe there was some confusion there. Uh, back in the 80s, the English, uh, uh, there was some confusion. Some people called heroin dope, and some people just called marijuana dope. And I think that's, they probably went looking for some, some ganj, and they, they misunderstood they were looking for heroin. No question, they were bombed when they were on stage. 
You, and Greg Kinn is absolutely right about that. You can tell that. But um, a year later, they wrote a song called Don't Mess With Dr. Dream, which told kids not to be on the heroin because they were shocked when they were in Ireland that kids were offering them heroin. They're like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> But, oh, so you you think that they've never been on heroin, so it was just a, um, a, a, I, matter, a matter I just of words. question that. Yeah, I quite, I think that might have been a uh, you know a, a, you know how we're divided by a common language. Uh, well, I will tell you this: I did think that that story was crazy, only in that you know, like uh, it, you just never expect to hear the sentence. And between rehearsal and show, they went out and scored heroin. Yeah, like, it well, seems so like a, a Miami Vice episode or something. It seemed crazy. Not, not after all I've heard about Saturday Night Live, you know, all this, you know, all the, the lore surrounding that program. How funny is that you're exactly right. There's an entire book about how they did nothing but drugs for four years of that show, but yet the Thompson Twins brought that place down? Yeah, <laughs> they wrecked the musical portion of the show. <laughs> what uh, what song did they do? Did they, do, uh, they did Hold Me Now. Okay. And then they did follow it up with uh, the title track from that album, The Gap. Oh, boy, what a... Uh, they, they may have wanted to do another single. I, uh, that was a single. That was the last single they released uh, in America from that album. They should have done. Which was the, that was the single at the time, I guess, Fall of '84. I remember watching that in college. Yeah. So all right. So, but what's the song they should have done? They should have done. Uh... You take me up. Oh yeah, that's a good. One. But there that was go. that was a single over the summer though, so that would have been too late for that. And the single in England at the time was Sister of Mercy, which went to like number two in the chart, but was not released as a single here. Is that because you think that America just got tired quickly of the Thompson Twins? No, I think it's just Arista made uh, an error uh, with those guys here with the record label. Yeah, you know, you, you, Thompson Twins is one of those bands, like Pat Francis, uh, I think he hates them. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I, I, I don't, uh, I I don't defend love them, them by any means, but whenever they come on, it's like, you know what, Why they, I like these guys. What's I the, love why don't them. I like these guys. Yeah, yeah, I, back in high school, that was my band. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to love that every radio DJ felt the need to point out yes. that they're not twins. <laughs> and no one's named Thompson. <laughs> now here's something, something interesting. These guys, three people, none of them twins. Here's the Thompson outside. Uh, you're not oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And there's a, um, a Where Are They Now thing from the 90s that was on one of the uh, British TV stations. might have been BBC, might have been Channel 4. And uh, they play a clip from them appearing on top of the Pop There's Some Music show and the gal goes, here's something you should know about the Thompson Twins. None of them are named Thompson, and there's this canned laughter on top of it. And then the Twins. Oh, it's terrible. But it's a it's a fascinating uh, little catch-up with them because they, they fess up to the fact that after Here's to Future Days, a Close to the Bone was just a rubbish album, and that they should have quit, but they just kept going because they wanted the money. So they were very forthcoming and very honest about the whole thing. Yeah, and, and, and if I remember correctly from like a VH1 thing, doesn't one of them like herd sheep now or something crazy? Uh, she is living in New Zealand. They, they are divorced, uh, Tom and Alana. Tom lives in Paris with some hot French model and uh, works under the name uh, International Observer is one of the band names he's worked under. And Joe Leeway, I guess, does soundtrack work out in Los Angeles, allegedly. Yeah, you know what? I just read that somewhere where it said like uh, Joe Leeway and then, uh, you know, in, uh, parenthetically, formerly of the Thompson Twins, blah, 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 blah. Like, Really? What the? I didn't know that, the, that they were still in music. Yeah, yeah. So, but oh, uh, good for uh, good for Joe Lee because uh, and he it always felt like he was the guy that. I, so was he the musical genius behind the band? No, just never knew that. No, Tom Bailey was the musical genius. Uh, he Alana, was okay. Alana wrote the lyrics and uh, concentrated on the the style of the band, and Leeway was in charge of uh, organizing the live shows. 
That's what, I mean, like, I guess that's kind of how, to hear that he was still in music surprised me because I thought he was just a guy that danced around and hit timbales. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember reading a review of Sidekicks the movie, uh, which was their live concert version of the Sidekicks album, and it said uh, Tom Bailey does all the work while the other two are like office kids looking for something to do. <laughs> <laughs> which is just a great review. Uh, oh, that's hysterical. Um. Well, boy, we've really gone down the musical rabbit hole here. Um, well, yeah, we've talk, we're talking about the, 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 the Thompson's. Well, I'm glad we did, though, because, uh, again, that's a, a whole little world of music that you know far more about than I do, and so I, I'm always interested to hear that now. Yeah, I always feel badly I don't you know, I don't like more of the garden variety 80s stuff, but um, I, I feel Pat Francis keeps me connected to that, and uh, I'm not mad at that stuff. It's just like, you know, you can hear it without hearing it, number one. And, um, yeah. Yeah, somebody uh, recently on Facebook, they're doing, uh, they're having like an 80s birthday party or some, or whatever the hell, I don't know what they're doing, an anniversary party, and they said, looking for suggestions for 80s songs. Like, really? <laughs> you, you can't pull 20, um, the, you know, you know, I want to melt, you know, stop it or I'll melt with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Rock Me Amadeus, you can't pull 20 off, I, by the way, as I struggle to find two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, you really need help with this. Certainly, you can find 20 80 songs in three minutes. Uh, if if uh, you see Pat Francis before I can email him or message him this, the I'm getting my hair cut yesterday. The lady that was getting her hair curled next to me, her ringtone, Sister Christian by Night Ranger. I kid you not. Wow. I know, you know right? What a, and that's, a per, that's another 80s one that, uh, you know, I, God, Night Ranger is a band that I, I, up until maybe a year ago, would say, you know, I really like Night Ranger. And then the more I'm listening, it's like, you know what? I like about seven songs from Night Ranger. I don't think I like any. But they make me sad because um, in high school, I worked with a kid who uh, lived the town over, went to a different high school. And I came back from college and I asked uh, the guy who worked with us, hey, what, what happened to, to John? What's he doing now? And they said he was killed in a car wreck. And, I was like, oh. Oh. and he all he listened to was Night Ranger. I remember working with him stocking shelves going, so what are you listening to? Night Ranger? I'm like, well, who else do you listen to? Just Night Ranger. Oh, <laughs> and he was serious. Well. So from then on, that, that's all I ever think about. I Night Ranger. It's like, oh, my God, poor John. Uh, well, that's, uh, yeah. It's well, weird how music does that, you know? Do you do that? Do you associate certain bands with certain people? Like Peter Gabriel reminds me of my best friend Rob. Um, uh, Duran Duran always reminds me of my other best friend Tony. There's just certain bands that you immediately identify with uh, people. Peter Murphy and Bauhaus, my wife, her favorite band. Oh, wow. performers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I imagine I do the same thing. I, you know, sadly, I won't be able to uh, uh, categorize them the way that you did. Um, but uh, I know Frank Zappa always reminds me of uh, the aforementioned uh, guitarist from Rainbow Bridge, Paul Boyev. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, he was into Zappa in high school, and um, I, for whatever reason, uh, thought Zappa was the worst thing in the world in high <laughs> school. In retrospect, I admit I was wrong. Uh, you know, there's, he's got some phenomenal albums and great music. Uh, so he, Frank Zappa is him. Pink Floyd is the guy that was the manager at the record store that I worked at, a guy named Keith. Um, and then I'm sure my buddy... Uh, I'm sorry? I say anything. Oh, geez. Every now and then there's a weird echo, and I hear myself that's, back, and then I that's think Skype, that I'm yeah. answering myself, and I hate myself. Yeah, no, that's, that's Skype. Thanks, Skype. Uh, um, who the heck else? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, Paul Williams, I think of my mom. Chicago, I think of uh. my dad. Okay. Uh, Jim Croce, I think of my dad. Um, uh, oh, John, John Mellon, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, I think of uh, the young lady that I lost my virginity with. Oh, wow. Uh, I, when I say with, she lost hers and I lost mine at the same, you know, obviously the same time. But uh, Well done. I think. 
I think of because uh, she was huge in the Melon Camp, uh, who I now cannot listen to if you pay me a thousand dollars. I've heard too many stories about that guy for me to like him musically really? anymore. The only story I ever heard was that he um, when I worked at the uh, Musicland, he uh, lived in Bloomington, and we had a store that was in our district was also was in Bloomington. And uh, his wife was a member of our frequent buyer club, and they said he's the nicest guy. Well, well, apparently that's gone south. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Apparently, and, and by the way, I, I'm just gonna, you know, I, 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 if I even shared anything with you, it'd be a game of telephone that I would get everything sure. wrong. Sure. But uh, the stories that I've heard uh, just make me like, even when he comes on XM now, it's like, nah, I'm good with you, John. <laughs> Which is a shame because I used to really, really like him and actually felt that it was unfair that, like, music snobs turned up their nose at John Mellencamp because I thought he, you know, that uh, Lonesome Jubilee album I think is terrific. Yeah. I wasn't mad at JCM, but uh, I, I liked Scarecrow. I liked Small Town. But, you know, again, you can hear him without hearing him a lot. It isn't yeah, that's, you know, that's a great point, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although that Rain on the Scarecrow, that's a... Uh, uh, it's one of those things like Ted Nugent. As much as I think Ted Nugent is in the top five most despicable people on the planet, <laughs> yeah. uh, that might be high. There's worse people, but you know what I'm saying. Sure, I sure. say it for comedy. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Stranglehold is in my you know top maybe top three favorite songs of all time, and I can't. Wow. You know, it's like like the song's so great that I you know can overlook that. And then same with Rain on the uh, uh, Rain on the Scarecrow for Bellingham. All the stories I've heard doesn't matter. I still think that's a great song. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we still have a few minutes left to to talk baseball. Oh yeah, sure. What's up? Season starting. Uh, how do what do you, how would you make of the Central Division this year? Uh, the Central American or Central National? American. We'll start with the American, American League. Listen, if uh, if the, the Tigers don't win the division, something's gone horribly wrong. Uh, I mean, that team is just too strong. Although the pitching's a little suspect after after uh, Verlander and, and Scherzer, although that Doug Fister. Uh, you know, I think the White Sox, the Royals, I think the Indians made some uh, some great strides. They signed some great people. They made some smart trades. Um, I think every, I think I don't know. I think everybody has a chance for second place uh, except for the Twins. Yeah. yeah. Would you agree with that assessment? I would. Uh, the Indians bullpen worries me. Uh, I'm with you. The White, the, the I mean, the Tigers starting pitching is very strong, and they may be able to overcome that. You know, they get some guys get them to the middle. And uh, I hope they can close it out. Uh, I think the Indians have the opposite. Pro- the Indians have nobody uh, really uh, starting bullpen middle. Uh, well, they're going to get Vinny Pistano. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll... they're all choked up over Vinny Pistano. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a moving story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, right. You and you. Uh, uh, listen, I know you have to remind me every year. You're an Indians guy, but you live yes, in sir. Cincy. And uh, Cincy is my second favorite team. So if the, if the Reds lose, I'm not as heartbroken. It's like, oh well. But if the Indians lose, I, it's much much more affects me. Isn't you know what? It's, what you just said is fascinating to me. For this reason, there's 162 games. Yeah. And if the White Sox lose a game in May, you would think my day was ruined. I mean, yeah, it ruins yeah. my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's one of a hundred and six. Like they'll win again tomorrow. They'll go on a ten-game winning streak. They'll go on a nine-game losing. Whatever. But why does like a specific like? I feel like I ruined. I lost three hours of my life if they lost. And yeah, it just bums me out, man. It's a, it's a dark spot on my day. Yeah, and then if the Reds lose, eh, you know if the Reds win, yeah, it's cool. So. And it was funny. Is I I used to my stepfather and uh, one of my stepbrothers. You know, uh, well, the whole city of Chicago is you know obsessed with the Chicago Bears. Yes, but uh, you know, my st- specifically, you know, in my house, my stepfather and stepbrother would, you know, watch the Bears games every Sunday, 
And if the Bears lost, I mean, it was a crappy day around the house. Oh, that's me with the Browns. Really? Although I've learned my lesson. Well, it used to be when they were good and they had a chance of winning. Now if they lose, I'm just like, yeah, I was expecting that. But but still, there's that little kernel of, you know, of uh, inside me that's still like, this is a crappy day. Even if they're, you know... They've been, you know, terrible the past couple of years. But when they win, it's a little better. And when they lose, it's, you know, it's a bit of a downer still, even though they're not going anywhere. And I'm never going to see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I've, I've come to grips with that. Well, uh, maybe you will. You're still young. I'm going to spin that positively. That's okay. I'm going to overuse the phrase spin it positively. I've said that, I think I've said that nine times in I this conversation. I don't, I don't think so. We'll have listeners count along at home and maybe they can, can win a prize. Well, maybe they can count along and then tell a friend, and then before you know it, you got advertisers. That's right, yeah. We'll get that. We'll make up that 4,000 gap in no time. There we go. Let's get there. All right. Okay, sir. Well, I thank you for taking the time today, and uh, we will see you in Cincinnati next week. Hopefully, I'll make it out to the show. Well, I hope so, too. In the meantime, if you don't make me look like a fool in that newspaper. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, if you make me look like Brody, I swear to God I'll be furious. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, it was great talking to you. All right, man. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully see you next week. All right. Or, uh, two All weeks. Right. Wait, is it next week or it's two weeks, actually? Wait, two weeks. Next week, uh, we're is... actually in Atlanta with the That's right. next week. So, yeah. yeah, it's in two weeks. Okay. All right. See you in two weeks. All right, man. See you All right, man. Thanks, man. Okay, bye. Thanks again to Jimmy Pardo for being on the show. You can listen to Jimmy's podcast, the award-winning and hugely popular Never Not Funny at Pardcast.com. You can also just search for it in iTunes uh, if that's easier for you folks. Jimmy will be in, let me check the dates here for you. First of all, uh, yeah, Pardcast.com for his podcast, JimmyPardo.com for all things Jimmy Pardo, including tour dates. Jimmy will be in Cincinnati April 12th through 13th at Go Bananas Comedy Club. He said he'll be in Atlanta next week, which I make to be April uh, uh, 5th, 6th, 7th in there. But I do not see that on his uh, tour page on his website, so you may want to check your Atlanta events uh, sources there to find out when Jimmy will be performing in the Hot Atlanta area. All right, so uh, just enough time here to uh, go through the closing credits, of course. PFT Recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. You can listen to Dan's podcast with his buddy Logan, Magic Potion. Listen for that in iTunes. We have a link on our Podbean page. Uh, like this podcast on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Tell your friends, neighbors, and loved ones about us. We really appreciate it. And uh, I think that is all the uh, order of business we have for today. I uh, hope everybody had a lovely holiday weekend, and uh, it's probably spring break for a lot of the young people out there. Uh, enjoy that safely, and so long, and thanks for listening.